yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar? I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. 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 I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab. Yeah. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Talking Mike about. and Charles, they know what they be talking about. Talking they compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. So with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, welcome to episode 392. Countdown to 400 is on its way. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, for institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the stories of HBCU athletic programs. In the business of HBCU sports, we simply call it HBCU sports pedagogues. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Gaville, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, and the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. As you see, Mike Washington is still on assignment, but we have the greatest pinch hitter of all time. Uh, in terms of HBCU sports for sure. And none other than A.D. Drew. How you doing today, Drew? Looks like you're on the road somewhere. Yeah, I am on the road. I am in Atlanta, Georgia right now. Look like it's going to be the first of two weekends that I'm going to be in Atlanta. Obviously, next week I'm going to be here for the Swag Baseball Tournament. But this week, I am here for an emerging sport. NAIA women's flag football. Don't sleep on it, fellas. These young ladies look like some of these highlights should be on ESPN with the one-hand catches, the diving catches, the 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 over-the-shoulder catches, the the getting mossed. And I've seen some D-backs moss a couple wide receivers on some on some interceptions. So uh, this is, you know, the, don't sleep on them just because they're female. These women are athletes. But I do have one thing that I need to say. It's a, when you're on the road and you don't have all your lighting with you, you definitely realize that you are the darkest person on the panel when you're in a hotel room because no hotel room is lit well enough to properly do a podcast. I'm just going to uh, say that. Yeah, it depends on where you're staying. It's just mood lighting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened when you got all that money, so you got the mood lighting. Hey, uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, you certainly made it interesting for uh, me to look at uh, flag football. We talk about Boston, all these kind of shifting moves. I was like, all right, go ahead and say this. So you did your job. You made, made me think twice about flag football. With that being yeah. said, Charles, how you doing today? 
No well done. Get the, those of us that are in the mood, like. Yeah, they're doing well. Got a chance to catch a little bit of Texas Southern baseball this afternoon and get back home in time enough for not only the show, but to start a dinner. Happy wife, happy life. So. <laughs> oh, there it is. You're a smart man. I see why yeah. you're getting it done in so many different ways. Got two words that's what you said. Pock, pot. Then you won't have to worry about it. Got two better words. Air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it look like y'all both have a great plan. So uh, I'm joining the team. But that being said, since you're out the ballpark, uh, you have any updates, uh, scores, anything that was going on out there that uh, you need to yeah, see? Yeah, actually, uh, all corner of Texas Southern are in the top of the ninth inning now, tied up 4 4. But uh, a little bit of uh, historic news for Texas Southern baseball earlier today uh, Abraham Deleon, he set the single season strikeout record uh, today for Texas Southern back in the. Uh, uh, second inning, but uh, I tell you what, I'll give credit to Alcorn. They touched him up pretty good uh, today. Uh, uh, he gave up three runs over five hits over three innings. So, uh, a pretty good ball game going on over there at McGregor right now. Good stuff. Good stuff. Kudos. Uh, I remember the last time we were on the show, he had tied the record of the weekend. So now he goes to the top of the list. That's pretty cool over the last two weeks. And then, um, Saw some footage out there on Instagram where the uh, the VP of Athletics, Dr. Kevin Granger, and the head coach Michael Robinson provided a gift, or awarded uh, a good schematic of him coming off the hill and pitching to get those 100 uh, strikeouts plus over the years. And now at 105 is my understanding for the pulling as he sits at the top. That's fascinating to see. That take place. Good stuff. Good stuff there. With that being said, let me go back to you, A.D. Drew. What else is on your mind uh, as you are in Atlanta? Always nice to get to Atlanta. I have a good time with Atlanta. Man. So you take care and don't have too much fun while you're there since you're doing all that work. As long as I keep doing these podcasts with people like you, I I, I keep myself well grounded. Uh, <laughs> no doubt. Uh. Uh, we ready for the news of the day, Dr. Cavill. What you got? What I got, I am going off the since Since I'm here doing a sport that's off the beaten path, I'm going to continue that track and go further down the beaten path. But I am going to circle it back to HBCU. Let's talk tennis, Dr. Cavill. Xavier. Uh, Xavier entered the NAIA tournament as the number three seed in in the NAIA Nationals, they won yesterday their quarterfinals match, but their season came to an end today as they lost in their semifinals match to Southeastern uh, Florida by a score of four to two. So, uh, mm. Congratulations, Xavier. Xavier set a single-season record for the most wins in program history, ultimately finishing 22-7 and after today's defeat. Man, that is commendable. Final eight teams at the NIA level, that's significant. And then when you put on top of it uh, the percentage of winning they got done, it's good that you got a shout out there. Kudos to Xavier. You know, showing some folks they can play some tennis around here. Good stuff. 
with that being said, Charles, what else is on your mind? What a little bit about the news today? What is capturing your attention? Yeah, well, let's take a look at the SWAC uh, Baseball Weekly Honors from actually this past week. I don't think we touched on it on Tuesday, but the SWAC is Chad Bethune-Cookman's Highland Hall and Texas Southern's Kate Pontno and Southern's Nicholas Wilson for SWAC Baseball Weekly Honors for their outstanding performance during this past week of conference play. Let's take a look at the hitter week. Hitter of the week, which is Highland Hall. Uh, he was nearly impossible to get out in a series uh, for BCU over uh, – over Florida A&M as he finished the weekend, uh, wow, 10 of 15 uh, at the plate after three multi-hit games in which he totaled four RBIs, seven runs scored, three doubles, and a pair of triples. Hall also also added a walk and a stolen base. Wow, 10 of 15. I don't think I've ever seen that stat line. (laughs) Yeah, he had a heck of a week. Co-pitcher of the week is uh, Fontenot. He had a career day with a complete game, 11 strikeout performance on five hits uh, as it allowed Texas Southern's baseball team to win the series over Prairie View by a 2-0 margin. That game, of course, played down in Beaumont. Also co-pitcher of the week, Nicholas Wilson. He pitched eight innings for the Jaguars in a shutout victory over Alcorn State. He struck out 11 batters while only giving up four hits on the day. So those are your sweat. Players of the week. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. It's getting interesting. We're into the last week. And as you alluded to earlier, a couple of ball games being played today. Let's see if we can get you some of those updates as well. But let me go back to the Drew, AD Drew, Professor Drew. What else is on your mind that is grabbing your attention in terms of news of the day? Let's talk NIL, Dr. Cavill. And let's mm-hmm. talk about the king of NIL. Uh, that being Raquan Smith, formerly of Norfolk State. I, I said formerly because he's on the move. He's going down to CIAA country as he is going to Elizabeth City State to finish out his eligibility at Elizabeth City State. But, y'all, he's not in the transfer portal like a lot of people in the transfer portal. He did complete his bachelor's degree at Norfolk State before entering the portal. So we definitely want to uh, make sure we commend him on that. Uh, he finished out, he started out Norfolk State playing football. Then with the uh, co- with injuries and the coaching change, he decided to focus on track, which he had a very uh, – uh, successful uh, track, but I believe he's going to Elizabeth City to resume his football career for the Vikings. Good stuff. Great points. Yes, kudos to NIL King as he completed his undergraduate degree. Always something to be excited about. Charles, what else is on your mind? Yeah, big news, and this comes from Durham, but the HBCU champion North Carolina Central football team, they were recognized on Capitol Hill as Democratic Representative Valerie Fushi, who represents North Carolina's 4th District, comprised of Roxborough, Chapel Hill, and Durham, where North Carolina Central is located, formally presented a resolution acknowledging and commending the Eagles for their 2022 Black College National Championship, uh, which included a 41-34 win over the SWAG champion Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl. So kudos uh, to the North Carolina Central Eagles uh, as they were formally acknowledged there on Chapel. I'm sorry, on Capitol Hill. On Chapel Hill. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. They do have a Chapel Hill as well. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think they were there, nor do they have a lot of excitement to be there. But uh, Capitol Hill, 
much more excited about that presentation. Kudos to North Carolina Central. Still in some headlines. Eddie hey, Drew, what else you got? I was going to ask, is that the first uh, uh, HBCU champion to be recognized on Capitol Hill? That's the first time well, I I know last year South Carolina State went up there. They did. Um, and that was in South Carolina. And I think a couple of years ago, North Carolina A&T as well. Uh, but, yeah, it's it doesn't happen as often as it should. But lately, you know, once it kind of happens for one group or one state, um, it gets done. I will say this. I do know here in the state of Texas that the Texas Southern cheerleaders, when they won their national championship, they were invited to Capitol Hill here in Texas, and they made a move and went over there. Uh, and I heard that they were the talk of uh, the Capitol, uh, which is probably pretty good with all the other talk going on there. Uh, but uh, sometimes less is more, so I'll leave it right there. Right. Uh but my, my last nugget for the day, Shaw has a new associate AD of compliance and senior admin, uh, senior women's administrator, the Shaw Athletic Department. And this comes from uh, CIAA.com. Shaw Athletic Department announced on this past Friday that Courtney Washington is its new associate athletic director of compliance and senior women's Administrator Washington, who has worked both at the uh, NCAA Division One and Division Two programs, comes to Shaw after a short stint down you guys' way, fellas, at Texas A&M Commerce. Uh, before holding that, she served as at Alcorn State as an assistant athletic director for compliance and student athlete service uh, for the Braves. Before Alcorn State, she uh, worked at University of Memphis. Also, and there's a lot more of her bio that's uh, on in this uh, in this article. She's a native of Cleveland, Mississippi, holds hmm. a bachelor in public policy from the University Mississippi, of Mississippi, folks. Mm-hmm. And all over a, a massive education <laughs> in sports management from Auburn University of Montgomery. And, and so, yeah. Uh, kudos to Shaw for getting them. Looks like they got them a jewel. Hmm. No doubt. Good doubt. It'll be interesting. Got, got one more for you, Doc. All of it going on, so it'll be fascinating to see what that looks like. Charles, you want to get something? Yeah, Charles, one more uh, piece of news today, and this is uh, being uh, Mississippi Valley State. Uh, this is Tanaya. Naya Moran, who is the younger sister of Memphis, Grigley, Memphis Grizzlies All-Star John Moran. Uh, she decided her first scholarship offer was going to be the one she wanted, and she announced her commitment to Mississippi Valley State women's basketball team this morning. So uh, kudos to Akeem McClellan and the Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils as they bring in uh, tonight Naya Moran, John Moran's little sister. She'll be playing in the SWAC next year. I'd certainly be interested to see how that goes uh, in the SWAC. Congratulations to her anytime you can earn that D1 scholarship. That's a mm-hmm. good thing about it. Certainly a uh, Great institution to go get your undergraduate degree and play some basketball and extend your career. With that, I know AD Drew kind of shared this earlier in terms of some of our private form, but it's officially out now. Uh, SIAC returns to Atlanta, talking about Atlanta, uh, to host the Football Media Day in return of the Hall of Fame ceremony. So that's exciting news to see they're returning there. Uh, SIAC will begin the 2023 football season with its annual Football Media Day on Wednesday, July 12th. At the College Football Hall of Fame, this year's event will be a precursor for the return of the SIAC Hall of Fame ceremony. 
SIAC Hall of Fame event will recognize individuals whose accomplishments on and off the playing field have had a lasting impact on the conference and are worth, worthy of induction to the most exclusive group of SIAC legends. Additionally, honorees have distinguished themselves with the contributions to the rich history and tradition of our membership institutions. Since its inception in 1992, the SIAC Hall of Fame has welcomed 155 distinguished honorees, so it'll be fascinating to see uh, these individuals who will be honored in regards to the SIEC. Uh, I'm happy to see what that looks like. Uh, as it was stated here, quote by Anthony Holliman, the SIEC Hall of Fame is steeped with traditions like the NFL Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp, Don Stallworth, Olympic gold medalist Alice Coachman, and Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame coach John Cheney, among others who have been honored in previous classes. Remember when you talk about John Stallworth Yes, of Alabama A&M, but at that time, Alabama A&M was playing football in the SIEC, for those that uh, may have heard that and thought twice. Uh, good recognition in terms of what that looks like. Kudos to Commissioner Anthony Holloman for bringing back the um, Hall of Fame. I think that's fascinating to see what that looks like, so kudos there. Let me get a shout-out for our listeners and viewers, Theron Waters, those lab listeners out here, Chuck Hunt. Silas Edward McMorris, Thomas Einstein Maddox, uh, Jeff Roberts says uh, Aggie Pride. I see you, Theron Waters, Jeff Roberts, as I said, getting in here. Chuck Hunt, uh, oh man, Chuck Hunt was listening to HBCU Nightly. He said Dr. Leo spoke facts on HBCU Nightly, May 10th and 17th. He got one of those speakers straight on May 10th, which she is delusional, know it all. Oh, I, I didn't mean to do all that, but. I love to make sure that people get the right information, that's for sure. <laughs> Brother Wendell Davis says, greeting lab professors and listeners, no doubt. Carl Edmund, Corinthian Morgan, G. Boom Holly in the building, in the house. Got to watch the final lecture of this week, no doubt. Appreciate it. Good evening, Doc and the professors. Brought to us by Edwin B. Moore. Chad Cooper is up here. I see Thomas is representing. Jonathan Hernandez uh, in here as well. What else we got? A couple of more people here. Chandra Smith. With that being said, I'll be on the road. I'll be at Black Student Athlete Summit in Los Angeles. I'm fortunate that they're going to bring me in. I'm going to speak with the panelists. I'll be the host panelist, and we'll be looking at Coach Prime uh, as well as Ed Reed, looking at um, obviously what took place over the last couple of years in terms of what I call the Coach Prime effect and how that is affecting HBCU. So uh, we'll have a couple of panelists, one that is at Fort Valley State, serving as the athletic director. So we'll get a perspective from that view. And then we also have Fayetteville State um, professor that's over there and that's doing work at a center he has that's gonna provide some framing of this institution as well. And obviously, since I'll be down there, the Lakers, uh, in the Western Conference Final, they play on that Monday, so don't yes, be no rubbing in, rubbing waving in. at them. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, something. Nah, you get one of those sweets. Now. That's what you need to rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. With that being said, let us go to our first break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get into a little talk. Uh, APRs came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we gave it an information. We'll take a little deeper dive. Eddie Drew is. Uh, broken down some numbers. So we're going to let him 
spend a little time uh, and give us some insight in terms of what he's gleaned uh, before we do that. And so we'll do a segment on that to see what that looks like. Uh, just give you update in specific of where APR, where some HBCU stands, and how we should continue to look forward. With that being said, stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball? So listen to Professor Yesa yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. We see Sports Lab with Professor Drew, Professor Bishop. We're going to pivot a little bit, as they say in the industry. We're going to come back and give you some APR in the third segment so we can really get you a good dive in that. Um, but we want to get into this poll rankings as we start to close out things this last week as we talked about baseball. As SWAC are playing a set of their games for three days, they're playing starting Thursday. Usually they do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're actually doing Thursday and Friday and Saturday. So we'll maybe to get you a couple of scores in here if these scores start to trickle in a little bit. But as we say that, um, softball is in the tournament. We told you about those matchups with North Carolina Central winning the MEAC and with Prairie View winning the SWAC, back-to-back champions. I like to remind Charles at times. Uh, but with that being said, let's get into <laughs> the softball. And as the BCSN uh, Brian and AD have did those rankings, they're out. So I wanted to show a little love and make sure we get these rankings in. And I always like to see what Charles thinks about these poll rankings. You know, I, I do mine uh, in the fall. You know, it's actually Charles and Mike, but Mike's not here. So I got to <laughs> you a little bit, Charles. I love to see uh, your thoughts on these rankings because they're always intriguing uh, in terms of whether you agree or you be like, maybe not so fast. Come on, come on, come on. With that being said, let me get in here a little bit with the top five uh, programs here. Softball, as things come to a close, we got a number five, Grambling State, 33 and 22 and 1. 18 and 11 in terms of the conference play, uh, they came in with 53.2% at number five. At number four, you have North Carolina Central, 19 and 33. They won the MEAC, 16 and 18 in conference. They finished in third position. Uh, we're right there pushing for first, but had a tough last two weeks, uh, and things kind of fell off. They were outside of the ranking, but I guess with the tournament run, they pushed them in the top five with 55.71. At number three, you have Alabama State, 30 and 21, 18 and 9, 56.36 as they stay at number three. Remember, they won the Eastern Division, but they went in the tournament were two in barbecue, as we like to say, meaning for those that are not used to that baseball-softball tournament, right? Uh, they lost their first two games um, 
as they go into the loser bracket and can't get it going. Uh, losing uh, both times to Western Division teams, I might add. And number two, Morgan State Bears, 24-21, 14-6. They do finish with a winning record. They have the regular season champion in the MEAC, 57.7. Uh, they finished in second position. And at number one, probably really shouldn't surprise most anybody that's kept up a little bit with softball. They are 28 and 18, 26 and 2, 73.55. Uh, they remain at number one. I will say, just for your knowledge there, Charles, one of the teams looking from the outside was Bethune Cookman at 19 and 31. They made a semi run in the tournament. Tennessee State is the highest ranked uh, softball program that's outside of the MIAC or SWAC, what we refer to as independent. They finished at 22, 26, and 1, 13 and 13. First time in more than a decade that they actually made their OVC conference tournament. So kudos to, to them for that. But with that being said, Charles, what do you think about the poll rankings? You think it's about right? There's a team or two that you're like, you know, scratching your head. I've seen a frown. I can't always tell you frown sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's just that <laughs> other times with me. <laughs> uh, I, I take a look at Prairie View, Morgan State, no issues. But I, I guess my question, AD, Doc, is what is how much weight do we put on our regular season, uh, especially with regards to Alabama State winning the, winning the East? But that two and barbecue leaves that lasting impression. Uh, so is there a Western team in the sweat that probably – uh, should have been uh, moved up, namely Grammar. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Let me go to you, Drew. Uh, we don't get a chance to have you on here to really break down the composite components. We tell everybody it's a computer base. Uh, as you ask that, answer that question to Charles, also go in a little bit about how the tabulation comes in to putting this uh, ranking system together. Well, that, that's a very fair question, Charles. Uh, but in the eyes of the computer, the computer does not necessarily differentiate between the marathon and the sprint. Mm. It does, however, take into the fact the strength of schedule of the teams that are played. Unfortunately, in the tournament sometimes, Sometimes the tournament hurts some of our good teams because especially when you get a one eight matchup, mm-hmm. that's on, the only thing that's going to do is, when you handle your business is hurt your strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so forth and, and so on. So yeah, for those bottom, I won't say bottom dwellers, for those lower seeded teams that defeat those higher ranked teams, yes, it helps them out with their strength of schedule. But you know, overall, the computer takes the overall. Yes, Charles, I, I will admit, if you win your conference tournament, there there is a bonus factor added in, i.e., North Carolina Central. But I, outside I winning your conference tournament, no, it's, it's it's nothing extra just for just for getting there and winning a game or winning I, two games. It's, I knew that artificial 
I knew that artificial intelligence was going to catch us at some point. I knew it. I knew it. Hey, yeah. I knew hey, yeah. it. I knew it. <laughs> hey, yeah. You knew it was going to get into HBC sports at a time. You're absolutely right. Before we go to our second break, let's get in here and look at the mid-major, as we like to call it. I believe you call it the under D1 uh, poll rankings, if you would. We're going to start with number five uh, with the slide there. Get in and see who is the national champion as uh, softball for the mid-major division has been uh, cut up here. Let's go to the next slide there. Number five, we look at Claflin at 32 and 12, 18 and four overall. Roy. Slide three, Roy. Slide three. We're going into number five. We have Claflin at 32 and 12, 18 and four in terms of their ranking. At number four, you have still 36 and 17, uh, 16 and 12. Uh, and as you see, Claflin has 52.08 points. At number four, you have Claflin of 52.89 in terms of their ranking as they finish things off. Getting into number three, Tuskegee. And I love these slides. This looks really good, Drew. You, you got some skill there with your design, not only with your poll rankings, but Tuskegee at 25 and 19, 18 and 6, uh, 56.54 points in terms of what they got done this year. As we move into number two, we go into CIAA country after we leave, leave the SIC. Number two is Bowie State. The Bulldogs are 35 and 14, 18 and 3, 60.2 total points. So you start to see a little bit of separation moving out of the 50 point segments all the way up to 60. Uh, Bulldogs out of CIAA are at number two. So who is number one? Uh, if you've been paying attention, you, you know who number one ultimately is. It is number one is the Edward Waters, 43 wins on the season. 43 wow. and 7, 23 and 3 in the conference play, 65.43. I think this is one of the poll rankings that's a little easier for most of us to agree with, if not all of us. At the end of the day, uh, BCSN proudly announces 2023 non Division I national champion, as we like to say, mid major, is Edward Waters University. They get it done. Kudos. I know you announced this. Uh, last week on yeah. Brian and AD show, but I wanted to get out there and also announce it as part of the VCSN team about the softball. But that being said, since it was previously announced, we'll go straight into our second break. We'll come back on the other side, and then we'll give you some APR updates um, and provide you with uh, the highs of the highs and maybe some lows of the lows. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this second break. Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew, and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of love, and who the ball, who the ball. 
So listen to Professor Yesler and pay attention because he going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab uh, with Professor Bishop, Professor Drew. With that being said, I want to get into a little bit of this APR. I know a lot of folks talk about the concerns of the APR, and uh, because we are fascinating with football, and it gets us excited, rightfully so, a lot of our attention goes to football, and at times we see um, both those programs that are doing really well in football, or at least meeting the mark, and those that are not in some those that may be right on the border. We'll touch a little bit about this, but I wanted to go in a different direction. I want to focus on those programs that are getting it right, particularly those programs, HBCU-wise, that are having multiple years of getting it right. When I say right, I'm talking about those A-pluses, those perfect scores. So with that, uh, if you would, A.D. Drew, start us off and talk about what did you notice in terms of those schools uh, that were able to get perfect scores, particularly multi-year APR perfect scores. When I say multi-year perfect scores, that means you can either look at APR one year, or you take the data from that one year, and you look at what a school has done with the APR in terms of their scores for that first year. As most of you all are aware of now, APR calculation though, actually is a four-year rolling measure. And so you need to proceed the year that you get your APR and look back four years. So that's where we talk about these multi-year APRs. But what I wanted Drew to specifically look at is some of these multi-year APRs that are batting what we would call a thousand since we're in baseball and softball season. With that, Drew, go ahead and take it away. If you take a look at the women's, uh, uh, excuse me, the men's programs, with multi-year APR, very very short list, Doctor Cavill. And for multi-year APR, did everybody know what the qualifications are? That means the last four academic years of record, you scored a thousand all four years. That's a perfect multi-score APR. Uh, and we've got one MIAC school, one uh, SWAC school. And one independent school on the men's side, Coppin State, men's tennis, Florida A&M, men's golf, and North Carolina A&T with men's golf. Quickly flipping over to the women's sports, if you look at the multi-year APR, uh, you notice uh, we've got a lot more schools on the women's list, Dr. Kavir. Who was that, uh, Carlos, who said it a couple of Saturdays ago when he was in class? He always sat uh, by, <laughs> by the girls and not them in the prison because they were smarter. Well, Carlos, not that, that's, that's what he said. He we got down points. Man, he is married now. But I'm not sure yeah. if I believe that as he put out there. When he sat by him. He called himself, too, as he said that. As he got in there, he like, oh, yeah. I sat by them because they were smart. I was like, okay, Carlos, good try. Go ahead, Drew. I just had to put the Mike Washington. Carlos, I got your data point for you right here. Look at how many women's programs <laughs> on the APR. <laughs> Here's your data point right here. And yeah, you, you, see, you, you need to help them. Yeah. As we got we've got over a dozen programs on this list. The one interesting thing I noticed when I look at this list though, uh Dr. Kavir, most of these sports are outdoor sports for some reason. I mean, mm. you see Hampton with women. Uh, volleyball, Jackson State with women's volleyball and women's uh, bowling, North Carolina A&T 
with uh, women's bowling, but everything else is outdoor sport. Cross country, tennis, golf. I mean, what is it about the women in the outside that make them study more? I don't know. It's, somebody need to do a study on it and, and, and like find it. out. Great data point. I see you. I see you purging and look, really looking detail for the numbers. Yeah, de uh, definitely, definitely, definitely. The sport with the uh, most APRs at a thousand for this past year was women's bowling, who had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven programs with multi, multi with one thousand APRs for the year. That would be slide nine, Roy, uh, if you would please. Mm. That's yeah, you, good. that's that's yeah. a sport with the most, uh, with one with one thousand. Uh, hey, uh, Drew, as, as as you look at your next analysis, I wanted to get Charles in here and get his thoughts on it. Obviously, he's an avid golfer now. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of these multi-year APRs, particularly this measure between so many of them being indoor sports, thinking about bowling? Uh, as you get into a volleyball, but then also in terms of seeming to have multiple sports outside and, and just to see the variation. Any thoughts come to your mind uh, when well, you see these variations of somebody that follows this stuff I, as well? Actually, we're joking about it, but I, I'm really curious uh, in terms of what is it about those sports in particular uh, when you take a look at uh, bowling or, or golf or, or the, I don't know, the caliber of athlete recruited. Uh, tennis. That, that, I'm sorry, say that again, lady. Tennis was another big one that had a lot tennis, of uh, 1,000. You know, what? I, I'm, and what was running through my mind is what was the secret to the sauce with regards to those particular sports uh, where you had multi-year uh, uh, high marks in regards to APR. It, you know, it, it would be, um, and what was running through my mind is like, wow, wouldn't it be great to harness whatever those particular athletes are doing with regards to uh, uh, their studies, and, and you know, you, you sprinkle it across the board. But I, I was just curious, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, what was it about, you know, those those particular sports? Because they're all Division One athletes, uh, but it was those particular sports in, in particular that, that 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 jumped out in terms of multi year. That's that's a, a heck of a feat, heck of an accomplishment. Those are things that I think about as well. Another one I, I'm always curious that you really don't get. From this perspective, it's like, what were the major of the students? And mm -hmm. I know um, that's a area that needs to be handled sensitively, if you would. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, when you talk about majors, people go to major what they would like in often cases, uh, or what their interests are, or what type of career paths you would believe they want to do. Um, which is important, but as we know, all majors are not necessarily created equal. And so from that perspective, I'm always curious of what this delineation may look like when you break it down major specific. With that being said, I don't necessarily want us to explore that now, but I wanted to kind of put that on the table. What is your next area that you uh, found interesting when you're looking at your APR data, Drew? Uh, slide 14, Roy. That would be the schools that fell below the 930 just for this past year. And a sport that we mm. all love, track and field. 
And look at look at how many teams we have in, in track and field. And you would wonder in a sport with track and field, which is only ran on tracks, track only happens on Saturdays in, at the collegiate level. So you would think in a sport where the kids are on campus Monday through Friday, not as much travel as you get in basketball or baseball or softball or even football when you have to leave campus uh, after class on Thursday a lot of times, you would think track would be one of those programs that would have potentially a higher, wouldn't have as many teams on that had the below 930 for this past uh, academic year, considering, like I say, those kids are are probably on campus more than any other set of athletes. Just something Mm -hmm. I I was curious about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh... That's a very good point that you bring out there. And the uniqueness is um, when you look at track, notice you said track, which included cross country. So this is cross country. indoor, outdoor track and field, as well as cross country. And you do have some students that cross over between the two. But in some cases, these are also some different athletes. But uh, it's encumbersome of both looking at um, indoor, outdoor track, as well as cross country. Uh, which is ran in the fall, so it's seasonal to some case. So uh, good points when you start looking at an uh, area of concern and need, particularly based on a, a given sport. So great information when you get in terms of looking at these different areas. Um, uh, obviously, football, everybody looked at football uh, and basketball. Any one of those areas that gave you some concern too? As well, we get ready to close out this segment. You can go to 17 just to see the list of football teams who are who are below the 930 for this past year. But uh, once we get past uh, this one, as you can see, there's a conglomerate of them. Uh, the, one conference uh, you don't see on there, where you do see one, you see Norfolk, even though the BAC – uh, four-year average, uh, no one was below. Norfolk is on the list for this past year at a 9.23. The only BIAC, no, MIAC institution. Oh, Howard's on there also. So you had two BIAC institutions who for just this past year didn't get on there. But their four-year average is still above the required 9.30. That's mm-hmm. why I see them on some of the other lists that we saw. But if we could quickly go to the last three slides that I have, Roy, and these are short slides. These are the teams that we need to that their fans need to start worrying about. Uh, start with uh, number eighteen. These are multi-year below nine thirty, with the same mm, with the yeah, right. coming off after this year. These are some of the teams that need to be of concern. And if mm. uh, you look at baseball and softball, UAPB on uh, baseball and softball on the list, along with Alabama A&M baseball. Next one, please. And what's, what's concerning about that is oftentimes you see this delineation when there's a coaching change. Um, mm-hmm. You see that a little bit for Alabama A&M and baseball, but but Pine Bluff, in terms of baseball, it's been the same coach. Now, coach was out in six, so we may have that have played a role. But again, mm-hmm. as you said, this is multi-year. Go on to the next yeah. one. Back, go back one, Roy. 
This is these are round ball teams that are bow tie year below nine thirty. Mm. Mississippi Valley there for both men's and women's. Valley, uh, yeah, Valley is the conservative one. That's Iowa. Uh, yeah, and finally football. Ah, uh, the big one. The big one. Say that one for last. These are these are the ones there. With unfortunately, my Florida Ed and Rattlers uh, being being down at the bottom of the list, where we we know Ron DeSantis is like like to do some stuff with education in the state of Florida. You know, mm. for some reason, he thinks that he's the governor of the state of Mississippi. No offense, Charles, but you know, traditionally Mississippi has been the lack, been one of the high uh, school education has has ranked towards the bottom. Hey, I was in Alabama. The only only school that was worse than uh, Alabama, you know, Alabama was right down there with them. But Florida's trying to come down there to the bottom of the barrel with both of them. <laughs> Alabama people will say that. Long as we have Mississippi with them. I, I, like, I, I, I raised money in the Alabama uh, education system. I know Alabama education system is not Yeah, well, you know, man. <laughs> hey, we would accept it, Charles. Hey, Charles, you can do what the rest of Mississippi does. Since they like to pull Jackson State out of it, you can claim Jackson State is different from the rest of Mississippi hey, since I, they won't. I always say that. You know, there, there's a different sort of arrogance <laughs> with Jackson State. So. <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead. No, no, that's all I was saying. Uh, Bethune, Florida A&M, and Mississippi Valley State were the three institutions below 900. Not only are they below the 930 threshold, but they bring it up the rear below 900. Mm. Uh, let's see. Five of those institutions, six of those institutions have had coaching changes recently over the last couple of years. One, two, three, four, or five of the seven. So I'm always interested in looking at that because oftentimes when you see coaching change, one of it is obviously losing records and you're not doing well. Oftentimes people don't realize it's also a component that uh, hits on in terms of APR. Great work there, A.D. Drew. I'm glad you shared it with us and brought it to the table. Hopefully it gave our listeners and viewers a little more in-depth breakdown of APR in terms of what they've already heard, but specifically a little more gleaning in terms of looking at the multi-year faceted and doing the juxtapose to those that are doing really well and those that need some improvement. With that, let's get into our last break. We'll come back on the other side, close out on a little final weekend of baseball. We'll give you a quick update in terms of what we refer to as a mid-major under D1 in terms of those rankings, and then we'll get some final thoughts with Charles and Drew of what they see taking place this weekend before we hit the road next weekend and get into the SWAC baseball tournament to kind of close up the academic academic athletic year, I should say, uh, as academic year is closed with graduations. With that being said, stick with us. We'll be right back after this last verse. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com 
Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock, yeah. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment, so we have none other than A.D. Drew. During the break, we had Charles get into his HBC Marching Sports Summer Band Camp as he was getting it done, uh, a little bit uh, practicing his skills. Make sure we get him out for a little bit. No, I saw you, Charles. I saw you, Charles. Closet band head. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, closet band head. I see you. They say we all are. With that being said, let's get into our mid-major poll ranking the under D1. Uh, this is finalized, so I did want to share this and get this information out. Uh, then we'll sneak back in with a couple of updates that Charles can provide us. Uh, with that being said, at number five, we have Florida Memorial 22 and 24, 8 and 15, 37.59 points. Uh, they close out the season to jump into the fifth spot after winning uh, the Black College World Series. This past weekend at number four, as we continue to dig, we have West Virginia State, uh, 28 and 12, 22 and 12, 42.49. Shout out to the Yellow Jackets as they are in number four. At number three, moving back into the NIA region from, from the Division II, uh, are as none other than Talladega, 28 and 18 and 1, 16 and 8, 48.70. They should be announcing that they're going to move, uh, start their move officially from NAIA to NCA Division II. So another program uh, starting to make that move. Obviously, a destination a lot of folks may think about is the SIAC. We'll see what that means uh, as we see NIA programs adding baseball programs. Uh, they're also losing some HBCU programs, not stopping baseball, thankfully, but moving from, from NAIA to Division II. With that being said, at number two, Savannah State, 33 and 14, 29 and 9, 51.4. This is always intriguing because a great season for Savannah State, but because of number one, uh, they probably didn't quite get the recognize, recognition that they probably should have got in terms of how good a season they had as they finished second in terms of the conference race, getting into the number two seed, didn't make a deep run into that tournament, into Saturday, as they play for a championship on Sunday, taking down Albany State that Saturday night in a classic baseball event. Uh, but then they went into the College World Series because they extended their arms. They were two in barbecue in that event, really probably not getting a chance to show their skills in terms of what they had did all year long. With that being said, number one, Albany State. Man, you're talking about a great season. Amazing seeing these 30-win seasons. They culminate theirs just outside of 40. Couldn't quite get there. 38 and 11, 32 and 4, 62.24. Uh, just looking at closing out a special season. But with all that being said, 20 and 23, non-Division I national champions. They do win the regular season at SIC. Come just a game short. Some people would say an inning or out short of winning the SIAC tournament, but uh, particularly winning the Black College World Series. Um, so, so much, so much done there. Uh, but uh, closing out the season as the BCSN 2023 
non-Division I national champions. Uh, with that being said, I want to go to you, Charles, before we get into some of this Division I uh, baseball talk. I know you have some updates. Uh, go ahead, if you would. Some quick updates. Mississippi Valley State, they knocked off Alabama A&M today, 5-3. Uh, Alcorn, they used nine pitchers, Dr. Ville, to knock off Texas Southern in game one as they go extra innings and they get the win 5-4 to four, uh, over Texas Southern. Uh, Jackson State, Bethune Cookman, they are in the bottom of the second inning. Bethune Cookman jumps out early with a 4 nothing lead uh, on Jackson State. And it looks like uh, Florida A&M and Alabama State looks like it is a rainout uh, as that game uh, is coming across is canceled. And uh, waiting on word from Prairie View and Grambling in terms of what's going on uh, with uh, the PV and Grambling game. According to the SWAC website, I see them with a final there. Uh, Grambling gets it done over Prairie View 6-3, winning that uh, first matchup there. So I can give you a little update on that side. As you said, it looks like there's some rain uh, that probably – caused a, a rain out in terms of what that looked like uh, in terms of that FAMU Alabama State. So it's fascinating to see what goes on there. Um, see if we got any update over there in terms of Baton Rouge uh, with Pine Bluff and Southern. Um, no updates in terms of what I've seen out there. So with that being said, there we go. Day, <laughs> as you get into this week and things of this nature going on, uh, Drew, what are your thoughts kind of coming into this final week? What do you like to see th teams uh, do uh, in regards to trying to finish up strong as they start to set themselves up uh, for this tournament, which should be fascinating in Atlanta? Uh, quick, before I say that, I uh, want to go back to our Division Two champion. Sure. Albany State, five of their 11 losses were by one run. Another, wow, Charles, you were shaking your head earlier. I know you're really going to be like, wow. Another, another one by three runs. So A, a great season and no trophies. Were winnable games, close games. But they got the so. regular season. They got the regular season trophy. Uh, yeah, they, they got the mile yeah, race. Yeah, but that. according to according Don't to all the trophies. I mean, you know, regular season and tournament. Yeah. You want that tournament love. <laughs> No, but but getting into this, Doc, what I would like to see for this weekend, A, got to put it out there. I just want to see the games. I want to see everybody play their game. You know, hopefully weather does not yeah. become a factor this weekend. And with their weather becoming Very a factor, true. we will flip a seed one way or the other. I don't want to see a matchup get flipped because of rain. Uh, over this weekend. So let's hope Florida A&M and Alabama State can make up that game from yesterday, uh, either tomorrow or Saturday, and no one else gets to rain out, especially at the end of the week. And teams wind up being forced to play on Sunday, which may possibly affect pitching in that first round on Wednesday. May not may not necessarily affect the starter because your number one probably would have already thrown, but it could wind up affecting the bullpen and availability on Wednesday and possibly Thursday if games have to be made up and played on Sunday. So that's what I want to see. I want to see everyone finish, have the opportunity to finish where they deserve to finish. Well said. Great job. 
Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of what do you want to see out of this last weekend? Any particular uh, team that you're focused on or just well, overall thematic approach from a coach uh, in terms of what they want to do with their team? Yeah, I think uh, A.B. touched on it. I, I'm curious uh, in terms of uh, uh, will teams go deep into the bullpen in terms of trying to get uh, get their bullpen uh, arms, some, some some throws in this weekend or whatever the case might be. Like you said, I think the ace is all per, per, pretty much through uh, today, so they should be nice and fresh uh, for the tournament uh, uh, next Wednesday. But uh, just curious as to if uh, teams uh, go deep into the bullpen. Of course, I, I mentioned it all corn. They went with nine pitchers today. Now, they're not uh, looks like they're going to fall short of the tournament, of course. But uh, just curious in terms of what uh, schematically what coaches are, are looking to do with their uh, with their bullies this week weekend, and to see if anybody can carry some momentum going into the weekend. You know, uh, uh, Jackson State Bethune Cookman. That's a very interesting uh, series to me. Uh, uh, Bethune Cookman took swept Jackson State in Jackson. Jackson State took uh, two or three. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Jackson State took two or three from Bethune Cookman uh, when it came to Jackson. So. Uh, that's an interesting uh, uh, series. Alabama State, they've clinched the Swag East. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Florida a and can do against Alabama State. And uh, uh, with the win and a loss today, uh, Grambling is uh, pretty much, in terms of my calculation, has basically clinched uh, yeah. the Western Division. I might be off about that, but uh, if my numbers are correct, uh, Gramlin today with their win and Texas Southern's loss to Alcorn have clinched the Western Division. So kudos to Gramlin. Uh, not official there, but, uh, you know, we get in there. Charles? And, and you know how Southern uh, has that, that, that close and stretch kick. You know, I want to see if they get some momentum going into the tournament because they seem to mm-hmm. always rise yeah. in the tournament. Let's hope not if you're right in that closing kick. Alabama State and Southern winds up in that fourth spot. That not not the matchup that you want in your first round. If Mm-mm. you are the number one to have Mm-mm. to play the Jaguars <laughs> in in the first round of the tournament, I'm, you don't want to see saying. the cardiac Jaguars. You just don't want to see. I, I agree with you. That that's just fascinating to see if that happens in terms of what we're referencing in the baseball tournament. For those that may not really keep up with the seeding seedings the number one team in the east plays the number four team in the west just like the number one team in the west plays the number four team in the east and you switch over similarly for two and three seeds so the two seed in the east will play the three seed in the west the two seed in the west will play the three seed in the east and as drew alluded to those ones and three seeds go into the same bracket so you also have folks that are trying to get away with Alabama State uh, <laughs> in terms of those West teams. So fascinating to see how that lines up in terms of the seeding. Looks like we know who's at the top. We knew, know who what eight teams are in, but where would the teams be seeded, particularly when you start looking at two, three, uh, in some cases even four when you look at the West. So uh, as Drew said, First thing, fascinating. Make sure they can get the games in. As Charles said, fascinating to see what are those matchups going to be based on how teams get out of here. Obviously, looking at the arms in case people have to make up a game on Sunday. We'll see how far that will go and how challenging that may do to the rosters as we get into the tournament. I'm excited, as you can see. Uh, I'll have Deuce down there with me and uh, hopefully get a chance to catch up with yourself, Drew, since you'll be in town. 
In my understanding, Charles, you're trying to get in there, so we'll see if we can bring you uh, uh, a show live. If not, we might have a crew coming in here on Thursday to give you an update and get it done. So keep us updated. Well, keep up with us, and we'll keep you updated. Like I said, I'll be on the road. I'll be in Los Angeles, but I plan to be able to give you a show there uh, to rub it in a little bit with Charles uh, as he looks on uh, as I get to rub. Wait, uh, you go, you gonna come from Crypto Arena? Really? Yeah. You know. <laughs> hey, why not? Why not? You know, I was gonna say the Staples, but I forgot. To hey, I might be, I might be in the Lakers locker room. Hell, I might be in the King James. Get into, let him allow me to be into his locker room himself. I mean, they'll be off at the time, you know, and they'll be the road back again. We'll, we'll figure out what that looks like. With that being said, all kidding aside, uh, appreciate you all to continue to do the work. As we close up, we're getting ready to close out the season. We'll have some other things for you over the summer in terms of getting you some great interviews to get you prepared as we get ready uh, to get into this fall season, starting with football, which will be fascinating. And obviously, when you look at the SIC, SWAT, CIAA, MEAC, in terms of those football media days, when things get in earnest in July. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Neal, the Dean of HBCU Sports. Come from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, A.D. Drew. Be safe there. Make sure you get it in and uh, call me so I can get some updates in terms of flag football uh, to see who comes out of there as a champion in terms of who's getting mossed and who's giving somebody a little side eye now. I, I think they're supposed to be flags, so they need to be full in the flag. So they got to be careful with all this. Uh, rough and tumble things they're doing there, but I guess you get your emotions in the game if it happens. Again, NFL. we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Go ahead. I was saying uh, the games are live on YouTube and NFL Flag uh, oh, yeah. on YouTube, so you you can get it on. You you'll you'll see some amazing plays. That's all I'm gonna say. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Your grade uh, next week. My watch, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday. Six o'clock Central Standard Time. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news for me from Los Angeles. Follow me, Dr. Yadakaville, D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's for you, Charles. Inside the HBC Sports Lab one on Twitter. Inside the HBC Sports Lab on YouTube and Facebook. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon, Charles. Of course. Drew. Lecture. L.A. dismissed. <laughs>